0: Love, talk radio good morning everyone obviously this is Troy Dooley although my voice is not back uh, where it should be it's uh, crazy I tell you it's it's uh, <coughs> it's starting to be annoying even to me uh, for those that are watching or would like to watch the uh, the news report today I will not be doing the news report because of my voice. May not be on the ACES Radio Live show because this is, uh, I I seem to be stretching my vocal cords now. Uh, I had an interview with some clients yesterday and noticed that it's worse this morning. I do want to reach out. I want you all to pray. I got notice from my mom yesterday. Uh, I told you all a couple days ago my dad's in the hospital. Had gone in because he had been uh, peeing blood they have now found a clot in his lung, and late yesterday afternoon, uh, found some extensive blockage uh, at his heart. So there's a lot of <clears throat> situations rolling. We we are planning on radio show next week. I may have to uh, travel, depends on the situation. But please keep all of my family in your prayers, if you would. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. We're in Craig Rochelle's book, phenomenal book, phenomenal leader. He is the founding pastor of Life Church out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Weird because normal isn't working. Uh, I also wrote a book called The Christian Atheist, phenomenal book, too. This has been one of our most listened to shows, and I think it's because it's out of the norm. This is about life situations, this is about what it takes to succeed at life. And we know that being normal isn't working. Today may step on a lot of toes. Today's chapter may may be something you haven't even shared with your spouse or with your best friend—an affair to remember. Loretta Lynn said it this way: My attitude towards men who mess around is simple: If you find them, kill them. I think a lot of women feel that way. A lot of times we look at. What we do when we're dating, and we think, well, if we're dating different women and going out with different women and cuddling and kissing and making out and heavy petting and all that good stuff, that's cool. That's all right. Then we just carry that on into our marriage. It's not all right before marriage. It sure the heck ain't going to be all right during the marriage, you know. And I know there's some whacked out people out there that do the swinging scene and all that good stuff, but I'm telling you what, it's not... The way it was meant to me. Craig writes this, and I thought this really says a lot. He says According to the Journal of Psychology and Christianity, up to 65% of husbands and 55% of wives will have committed adultery by the age of 40. That's pretty radical, especially since people are getting married later, sometimes not until their 30s, and then they have affairs by their 40s. It's touched home in our life uh, several decades ago, over twenty over twenty years, two decades. uh, Paige and I had separated, and I had an affair. I didn't have the affair prior to the separation, but it doesn't matter. The affair took place. It was devastating. I had lost her trust. I lost her respect. I've spent a lifetime making that up. There's no no way to explain the devastation that a family will go through. And it's, I wish I'd have had Craig's book then, like I do now. Because it's, it's interesting what he says. Listen to this. He says, Consider all the planning that goes into the perfect wedding the date, the location, the budget, the guest list, the flowers, cake, music, food, and of course, the most important of all, the dress. Let's not to even get started on the honeymoon yet. He goes on, he says, if you're married, you can remember specifically the vivid details of your own special day. He said, I recall smiling politely, wanting the people to get through the receiving line so I could hurry up and get on with the honeymoon. Typical male, of course. He said, but, but this is where it gets interesting. Listen to this. He says, the decisions about wedding details are just the start. The whole time leading up to your wedding, you think about and you discuss where you'll live, where you're willing to whether you're willing to move for a career advancement or stay where you're at whether whether you'd like to have children, how many, how soon. However, one of the biggest, most important decisions a couple can make often goes unaddressed whether or not to commit adultery. I mean, think about that. That, when he, I had to read that twice, and then I got to thinking about it. I mean, seriously, did you sit down prior to marriage and say, Honey, what, what is your thought process on having adultery? What, what will happen if I have an affair on you? Or, or are, are you thinking that someday you might have an affair on me? I mean, we never talk about this issue. But yet it's there Now some of you may be like some of the people that I've known That say, oh I'd never have an affair That just never happened to me I'm massively in love with my wife or with my husband Do you know, and and some of you that hang out on the radio know that I've addressed this before But do you know that every televangelist in the 80s that had an affair That there's a video recording of them stating I will never have an affair and yet it happened. See, I think that in our own prideful self, and 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 it, and it, and it I don't know that it's <clears throat> it's one of those things that we intend to be prideful about. But I think we honestly believe we will never have an affair, so we never see it coming. It just kind of creeps up on us. By the time that it's it's there, and we're thinking, how in the Sam Hill did I end up in this position? It's too late. And a lot of times it, it happens because we become desensitized to it. I live at the beach, so I come. I become very desensitized to female bodies because we see them run around in, in shorts and, and and bikini tops or just bikinis all the time. I mean, it doesn't matter age either. I mean, I, I, it's snowbird season, so 65-, 70-year-old ladies, some of them pretty good looking run around here in their bikinis. You know, I mean, it's just typical. So it's easy to become desensitized to a situation, even if you call yourself a Christian. So we don't use the word adultery out in the, the real world anymore. It's, you know, just you're having an affair, you're screwing around, you got friends with benefits, all that good stuff. Even in the church, it doesn't talk about it much. But I think the issue is nobody plans on it. It's that, it's that unsaid thing about, well, you know, it's just not right, so don't do it, or, you know, hey, don't get caught if you do do it. You know, I remember I was in mergers and acquisitions several decades ago and I was sitting across the table from a, 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 a seller he was selling us some mattress springs. We owned a mattress company. And the whole the whole deal was to take us to a private lingerie viewing. See, this becomes typical in business. It becomes typical everywhere. You see the Chippendale dancers. You know, your, your, your strip clubs now are for couples, so women are as invited as men. Those little steps that we take sometimes continues to desensitize us. Porn is a prime example. It used to be that all of your adult stores were in the seedy part of town. Now they seem to be in some of the nicest towns in America. So if you're normal, you become used to this. you got a business partner. You've got an associate at work. You spend a lot of quality time together. Next thing you know, the, the, the office is calling her your work wife or your work husband, so you might as well act like it, right? And the whole time, we get to thinking... It never happened to me. I'm 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 being cautious. Just a little friendly flirtation, it's nothing big. I thought, wow. Craig writes, Your journey begins with just one single, small, seemingly innocent, subtle step. It's a seductive step. But it's so subtle you take another one, and you take another one, and you take another one. Have you ever been driving in a car? Maybe you're going from home to work, and you leave the house, and then you're at work, and you wonder how you got there, and it's, it's like you don't remember the trip, but you've done it so many times that it's just subconsciously you made it there. I think the pathway to adultery, the pathway to having an affair is the same way. Now, the way Craig's going to write it or the way he wrote it and the way I'm gonna explain it, it even hits it even even I think more vividly in how this happens. He said maybe you start out watching a little T V, no big deal, you're just vegging out from a long day. You surf the channel and the first thing you come to is sex in the city. Then you watch Desperate Housewives, then Gray's Anatomy, then two and a half men. Maybe someone in these particular episodes is glorifying the extramarital sex. Well, my marriage is boring. My husband's never home, and the the gardener looks so good. matter of fact, let me stop here. Remember when it used to be on t v You used to have the men having the affairs now, all of a sudden, it really is the women having the affairs. We used to make jokes about how, you know, oh, she met the milkman, or the mailman, or the post office dude, you know, the UPS dude. And that's vividly on TV. You ask yourself, is it really such a big idea to watch this? I mean, they are the top ten shows. Everybody's watching them. How good could they really be? How bad could they really be? I'm smart. I'm a mature adult. I'm a good Christian. I have strong values. I remember when Christy Brinkley divorced her husband because he was spending $3,000 a month on porn sites. And I'm thinking, how can you do that? See, there's step one. You're watching the TV shows. Small step. It's not going to do anybody any harm. Or maybe if you're a guy, you're not watching any of those shows. You're saying, Troy, that doesn't do anything for me. Okay, so maybe you start out watching the, the lingerie football league. I mean, come on. It can be anything. Men are more visual than women. Women are more emotional. But then maybe one day you're thinking about the conversation you had with the spouse, your spouse the night before and you realize how disappointing you were in their response. And the more you think about it, the more you realize that your spouse really isn't all you'd hoped for in a soulmate. If only he understood you more and paid more attention to your needs. Johnny at work sure understands you and... and he sees how valuable you are. Or if only she'd listen and and focus on what I had to say and and not spend all her time with the kids. If she'd stop nagging at me every time I come home, you know, one of the things that I know has got to frustrate some dads. My my wife doesn't do this. My mama did it a lot. Is she'd say, "Just wait till your dad gets home," and then the first thing she'd say sometimes when dad got home is, "These boys have been awful." So, of course, it wasn't what he anticipated coming home. He'd rather have a hug and a kiss. So, man, we got our butts busted. Kind of tears apart that romantic flair, doesn't it? I mean, is it really so bad if you're just being honest with yourself that, well, maybe you made a mistake and, and, you know, I mean, you made a lifelong commitment and, and you've told her that she's your soulmate, but seriously, don't you deserve to be happy in your marriage? Maybe this is like step two, you know, or step three or four. I mean, it's a process. Or maybe you hire a new assistant at work. And they're fun. They get into it. They understand. They they always dress sharp. They look good. They're very professional. Matter of fact, when you're at work, they can almost finish your sentences. It's like they know your thoughts. They make you laugh. Make you feel a little bit more attractive. Matter of fact, you started carrying an extra bottle of aftershave in the car or you catch yourself in the bathroom making sure that your makeup's in place and the perfume's behind your ear or whatever. I mean, seriously, there's nothing wrong with liking somebody, is there? It's not a sin to enjoy somebody's company. I I mean, crying out loud, we're all in network marketing and we all go to conventions and... And your husband and wife don't like to go to the convention, and since these people are on your team and you're working closely together, I mean, it's not like you're trying to cross-recruit them or anything. I'll stay away from getting them underneath you or anything like that, but, I mean, seriously, think about this. I know this is a little bit more vivid and a little bit more toe-stepping than some of our usual conversations, and you may say, Troy, what the Sam Hills has got to do with business? Napoleon Hill wrote something very interesting. He did this in the 1920s. He said most men never reach success until over 40 because their sex drive keeps their eyeballs where it shouldn't be and they can never succeed. Another statistic shows that divorced businessmen usually lose their business also. So as I've studied this over the years, I've done everything that I could, especially after I sinned and screwed up to get men and women both to analyze and to think about this. What causes these problems? When I saw that Craig had this in here, I thought, this is perfect. See, you just want to be liked. You You want to be nice. Besides, the way they smile at you makes you feel a little sexy, and your husband hasn't looked at you like that in years. I mean, forget the fact that as soon as you get home, you get out of your good-looking clothes, put on sweatshirts and a sweatshirt, and slop around the house. I know we talk about men doing this all the time, but women do it too. And I'm not saying it's matter of fact. I kind of like think that's sexy sometimes, but daggum, every now and then you need to you need to look good for your husband. You need to look professional for your wife. Don't just run around in in old skivvies and a wife-beater T-shirt all the time. Matter of fact, you know what? Now this is going to sound, this will be one of these things that people will send me an email saying, "Man, you you're a heretic." But I think Hugh Hefter may have it right in one area. Did you ever notice that he always looks good in his in his little satin pajamas and his little? I mean, even though I don't approve of his lifestyle, you got to admit if he's if he's at home, how how would your wife like you if you had on some nice little silk jammies, looking pretty studly there? Better than that old flannel, whatever it is, got holes in it, still says, you know, Kansas City Chiefs or something on it. Stains all down the front from the, the wings you eat. I mean, you got you got to do something right here. I was at a conference not too long ago, and I made it clear to them, you know what? If you want to bust your butt and build your business, that's great. But I'm seeing a massive divorce rate at the top leadership in all companies and the only way to stop that is to spend quality time in the bedroom together. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about some pure intimacy. And we're going to get into that for a minute. So you got that partner on your team that you've fallen for a little bit. So there's a few more steps. You notice how the steps just keep adding up and keep adding up and keep adding up. And before you realize it, you're one of the statistics. You've had the affair. One small step for mankind. And look what happened. And the fact that fifty-five percent of women are having affairs says a lot. Everybody I talk to I never thought it would happen to me. Women, I've said this before I must say it again. You guys need to feel loved all the time. There's no doubt about that. The men in your life need to feel respected and appreciated. The end result's the same, but a man needs you to say to him sometimes, I sure appreciate all you do for our family. I'm sure proud of what you've accomplished at work. I don't care if all your husband does is pick up trash on a daily basis. He's keeping the city clean. He's helping people out, and you need to be proud of him for that. So many times we think it's okay, we've got a bunch of kids, so... You know, I've, I look on the website, and all these other wives say that it's normal not to make love to your husband. It's normal to go months at a time without cuddling and going on a date. Well, normal's not working if 65% of the men are having affairs and 55% of the women are. You do all the planning for your marriage, you plan your business, you put the business plan together. Well, why not put a marriage plan together? Why not address that on a a monthly basis or a quarterly basis? Stop neglecting the one thing that's supposed to be there. You know, the Bible says all the time, everything's for a season, and it is except for your spouse. Your spouse is supposed to be that lifelong commitment. Your spouse is supposed to be the one that's there forever. So why do we neglect that part of our life? And why do we wait until it's too late? I mean, Dad Gum, Dr. Phil's on today, and he's talking about a, having an affair. Oprah, having an affair. This is so commonplace that if you're watching Survivor, you anticipate them to have an affair. They wonder why businesses fail. And a buddy of mine out of Texas who had to get rid of a lifelong partner because of an affair. If you don't focus on your marriage, on that intimate relationship, gradually, here's how Craig says this, gradually you start giving more time and energy outside of your marriage to your business, to your second job, to your hobby, to your network marketing, to your children. Not bad things in and of themselves, but this busyness begins to affect your intimacy. Not just your sexual intimacy, but also just the simple inner wild conversation that you used to have when you do talk you end up talking about the necessity of things the details the decisions that don't really even matter because it's too hard to have even a real conversation about those without realizing it or even acknowledging it to yourselves or to each other you eventually just become roommates and, and and it's roommates even without benefits in most cases. That's sad. And yet, that's normal. TV makes it a normal thing. The newspaper, the magazines, the romance books, the adventure books, it doesn't matter what it is. And I don't know how many times I've watched an action movie and right in the middle of the bad guys chasing the people, this couple stops and makes love. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. They're not even married together. See, it, it happens and we become so desensitized to it. King Solomon in Proverbs 5, 8-11 says, and he's warning his son about the dangers of wild women, adulterous women. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose and will lose to merciless people all that you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan with anguish when disease consumes your body. We have to put up the danger zone. we got to stay away from this stuff. We can't even flirt with it. So many times as a younger man, I'd catch myself, Well, I can, I can flirt. It's okay. This won't affect me called the law of diminishing returns, and it can affect you. It's what we don't want. A lot of people say, well, Troy, you don't understand. I've never had an affair. Have you thought about it? Have you thought of what he'd look good naked? How warm his body would be laying next to you? Have you thought about what she would look like if she was with you? See, the Bible makes it clear, and I used to wonder why this was until I started looking at it from a scientific standpoint. In Matthew, Jesus talks about if you think about lusting for a woman, then you've already committed the adultery in your heart. Science has proven that the mind cannot differentiate fantasy from reality. You feed enough into your mind and it will come out in your actions. Good, bad, or indifferent. We have to guard ourselves. We cannot become desensitized to the temptations that are in our life because here's what happens if you'll let down your, your, your guard in the area of adultery and you'll cheat on your wife or you'll cheat on your husband how do I know you won't cheat me in business how do I know you're not going to change your mind after we've signed an agreement see where this all adds up you wonder how's it have anything to do with business because if you'll cheat and compromise in one area of your life there's a good possibility you'll do it in another and if you're listening and saying, Well, I'm not even married, well then I guess it's premarital adultery, isn't it? Because if you're already screwing around on it, you're already doing it, then how do I know you're not going to do it down the road? That's why I never could understand why a, a, a lady would marry some guy who was the when she was the other woman. Because how can she ever trust a man not to have another woman? I mean it's the craziest freaking thing you ever did. See, and yeah, it's the way it is. See, the reality is we've got to stop being normal. Again, in Proverbs, ladies, if you get offended, I apologize, but it's straight from the Bible. It says Proverbs 5, 18 through 20. Once again, Solomon encouraged his wife to invest passionately in his marriage. Let your wife be the fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice with your wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breast of a precocious woman? I'm a firm believer. Obviously, Solomon was a breast man. But the concept here is everything that a man needs, everything that a woman needs, can be found inside that marriage, inside that relationship. I know some of you listening aren't married. and Some of you probably don't even believe in marriage. And that's cool, but it's still a monogamous relationship. I live by some pretty strict values. And I want my kids to grow up that way. I want them to understand, man, there's none of this sharing crap going on for either party. Craig writes this, and it's humorous to me. When the grass is greener somewhere else and start watering your own yard invest in your marriage with the same excitement energy and enthusiasm that you felt when you first met your spouse and I remember when Paige would sneak into the house and leave me gift baskets there was nothing cooler than coming home and there was this beautiful gift basket I was, I was living in an apartment in her grandma and grandpa's place it was the coolest thing under the sun I would I would call her mom and say, "Can I come over to Paige's place?" And I'd bring her over a basket or a card or something I knew she enjoyed. See, that's what it takes. We've got to ravish each other. We've got to we got to get back there. I want to give you some things here. I think just five that I think will help you out in the last two minutes. Number one, get transparent. Tell your spouse how you're feeling. If you're feeling lonely, rejected. Paige told me she felt like a doormat. Listen to each other. And do it without a defense. Number two, get alone. Pray. Take time to journal. Figure out where you stand on all this. And then get alone together and talk about it. Go out on real dates. Go parking. Man, if you're... I mean, skinny dipping. I don't care what it is, but do it by yourself without the kids. Enjoy yourselves. Number three, get spiritual. Don't complicate it. Just read the Bible together. Do something. If you feel like your marriage is really past that recovery stage, then get some professional help. Call your pastor. Or call somebody in the in the area. Go to New Life Clinics is a good place. You can usually look them up and, and find one locally. And last, number five, and I don't know that this needs a lot of explanation, find time to just get naked together. Women I know you're probably saying, Well, Troy, you don't understand. I don't look like I did at seventeen when he married me. You do in his eyes. So be that way. You gotta you gotta do these five things if you're gonna make it happen. Love is supposed to last forever. When I look at my mom and dad, now they've got forty five years together and my dad's on his last leg and my mom calls me every day saying, Are you gonna are you going to be there for me? Yes, ma'am, I will be. I want my marriage to be 45 years down the road. I don't ever want to lose that little girl. I married at, six, at 22 and I fell in love with at 17, fell in lust with at 16. Matter of fact, some of you boys better get that lust back for your wife. That's a good thing, but it's a different training. In closing, I'm going to say this. Trust God, work with him on a daily basis. If you're one of these wives and your husband's not listening, just pray that he will. And vice versa, if you're a husband and your wife doesn't get it yet, just pray. I'm telling you, it's worth saving that marriage. Straight across the board. Monday, we will be on Sex Symbols, Chapter 11. I know this is the craziest book, but we're having fun with it. Have a great afternoon. I want you to go be on East's Radio Live. I may be there, but Jimmy will be for sure. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here Monday with us for radio or uh, realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.